Have you ever heard of the Great Pacific Garbage Patch? Is that like a eye patch that's worn by a pirate in the Pacific that he found in the garbage? <laughs> it's like, arr, matey. I found this eye patch in the garbage. <laughs> I don't know why somebody would throw it away. It is a perfectly good eye patch. No, that would be much better than what it actually is, which is a swirling soup of trash in the ocean that spread over an area twice the size of Texas. Oh, no, matey. It is hard to be a pirate in trash. <laughs> oh, is that my treasure? No, it is just a sock. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Marshall. Welcome to Tumble, the show where we explore stories of science discovery. Today, we're talking about the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. We'll explore how the trash we throw away ends up in the ocean and how scientists are studying what happens to it. And is it possible to clean it all up? Isla is a listener from Hawaii who loves the ocean and is worried about ocean pollution. I want to see if I can help out with stopping pollution because I really want to do that. Isla's mom told us whenever they go to the beach, they pick up trash together. But Isla wants to know about the trash that gets into the water. When trash is already in the water, is it possible to... Like, take the trash out of the water and pollution would be gone? Or is pollution stuck in the water forever and ever, even if we took the trash out? Well, that's a great question. I mean, I always wonder about all the pollution we put in the ocean and will we ever be able to get it clean? So, I mean, can we? I think that we can clean up the ocean. I'm really hopeful about doing that. And I want to help. Okay, so why do we need to know about the Great Pacific Garbage Patch in order to clean up the ocean? Is that the only place where you can find trash? Well, when trash gets washed off the shore or falls off boats or gets swept in through rivers, it all ends up in the garbage patch. And it never disappears. It just breaks down into tiny, confetti-sized pieces of trash, which are really hard to clean up. So it's not like a floating island of trash? I kind of always imagined it that way. No, it's not like that at all. It's more like a soup of trash in the middle of the ocean. So I'll let somebody who's been there describe it for us. Can you tell me about the very first time that you went out and saw the Great Pacific Garbage Patch? The garbage patch is very surreal because you are days from land in any direction. It's just like blue horizon everywhere. That's Jenny Brandon from the Scripps Institution of Oceanography at the University of California, San Diego. She studies that hard to clean up broken down plastic called microplastic. So is that like plastic toys for very tiny people? <laughs> Unfortunately, no. <laughs> so she's traveling days on a ship to find trash? Yeah, she has to go out into the garbage patch herself on a research ship to collect samples of these little pieces of plastic. She saw nothing but blue sea for a few days, and then things started popping up in the water. It's not like I didn't think we were going to sail into trash, but 
to actually see it for myself and be able to like pull out these fishing nets out of the ocean that were like covered in barnacles and actually see the horizon and then just see like a tire bob by was just so surreal. Wow. So like you're in the ocean and you see nothing but whales and sharks and mermaids, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Really? (laughs) And then suddenly it's like a tire? Yeah. And what's living in the ocean, besides for mermaids, are living with our trash. They should be living on seaweed or driftwood or something like that. And now they just live on like a beach chair or something. She's seen tiny crabs, mussels, and barnacles living on trash, and fish eating the bacteria and plant life that grows on it. So trash is really changing the ecosystem of the ocean, and probably not for the better. Well, that's really sad. Like, did she try to clean up the trash while she was out there? Well, she was just out there to pick up samples of microplastic to study, but the crew of the ship really wanted to stop and pick stuff up hard to not collect these large fishing floats that are going by and these like huge balls of rope that you're like we can't just leave that in the ocean like we want to pull it up so we just kind of had this collection on the back deck of trash the trash they collected it grew into a pile four feet tall Whoa. on the back of the boat when the ship docked in hawaii where isla happens to live No one was excited to see what they had cleaned up because now it had to go somewhere. So it's this whole burden for Hawaii that they just happen to be in the middle of this trash that most of it's not theirs. Almost none of it's theirs. So if the trash isn't coming from Hawaii, where is it coming from? It comes from everywhere. Some of it is obviously from fishing boats. A lot of it comes from like rivers and harbors and beaches. It also comes from shipping. And some of it is what we call nurdles, which is like a super weird word. <laughs> so it's like nurdles an insult for sailors. Like, you're a nurdle. No, you're a nurdle. <laughs> you're a nurdle. Don't call me a nurdle. You're a nurdle. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, all of our plastic stuff starts out as nurdles. <laughs> there are these little plastic beads and they get melted down into whatever. If you have plastic toys, those are made from nurdles. And when they get poured into shipping containers at harbors, a lot end up going over to the side and just fall into the water. So wait, they just drop off the side? That's nuts. I know. The other thing you might not realize is what goes down the drain in our home is part of the problem too. So it's like microbeads in your toothpaste or in your face wash and then clothing fibers is actually a lot of it. These kinds of tiny plastic beads and acrylic fibers like from fleece jackets are small enough to make it through the filters that clean our wastewater. And so when the cleaned wastewater gets back in our environment it's still got lots of plastic in it? Yeah and it eventually all flows out into a trash vortex. Oh no. It gets to the middle of the Great Pacific Garbage Patch by currents, almost like a sink drain. So what makes it that way? Like, did a part of the ocean decide to take on the trash, like when they were having a meeting and Poseidon was like, listen, Mr. Pacific, it's your turn. I've had people living on me for thousands of years. (laughs) No, no, it's what happens in something called a gyre. A gyre? Yeah, it's a system of ocean currents that circulate ocean water around the entire planet. Currents and the winds 
push together and they kind of push all the water to the center. Okay, so that's how trash gets pulled out from the coast into the way middle of nowhere ocean. Exactly. But then when there's big storms, it can kind of get pulled out of the Great Pacific Garbage Patch and then it will hit places like Hawaii and other Pacific islands. Some of the trash Isla's picking up with her mom probably came from the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. And it's not that this is only happening in the Pacific Ocean. It's actually a problem in every major ocean. So there's actually five of these big gyres in the ocean and plastic accumulates in all of them. Man, that's, that's really crazy. So how long has this been happening? That's part of what Jenny is trying to figure out. Some of the plastic has been in the ocean so long, it's broken into those tiny little pieces we were talking about, microplastics. Because right now when you pull out microplastic, you don't know where it came from, what it used to be, how long it's been in the ocean. I actually look at the chemical signature of it and try to figure out how long it's been degrading in the sun. How does she find out when that trash went out to sea? With probably the most awesome tool known to science. I uh, shoot lasers at the plastic. (laughs) And then I look at um, the chemical bonds in the plastic and how they've changed over time. Lasers! I love it when scientists get to use lasers. Me too. Pew, 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 pew! (laughs) (laughs) So she takes those uh, plastics from the ocean that she shot the lasers at, and then she compares the ocean trash to plastic that she put out herself in the sun to dry, where she knows exactly how old it is. So what she finds out will help scientists understand how long it takes plastic to get into the garbage patch. And then do we know how long it's taking things to degrade from big stuff to to little stuff? You know, is the plastic only a year old or is it like 30 years old when it's the size of confetti? A really important thing that scientists want to know is how the plastic affects sea life. They know that it's changing how plants and animals live. Uh, Like living on a beach chair instead of seaweed. And we know they're eating plastic. It's the same size as the stuff that they're supposed to eat. And that means it's in the bodies of the fish that we eat that come from the ocean. And so those are kind of the questions that we're like just on the cusp of understanding um, whether we're actually eating plastic. Whoa, so in a way, the plastic we put in the ocean might come back to us. Yeah, one scientist found plastic in fish stomachs, but she's still figuring out if that plastic gets into the part of the fish that we eat. We don't eat fish stomachs usually. So the garbage patch reaches us, even if the trash is out of sight, out of mind. But going back to Isla's question, like, is there anything that we can do about it? Can we take trash out of the ocean or once it's in there, is it stuck in there forever? What would you say the answer is to that? Right now, we don't have a very good solution to take the little stuff out. Um, The little plastic is the same size as little plankton and fish eggs and larvae and all things that we need in the ocean. And so most cleanup solutions right now would clean up too many other things we need. But there is an idea being tested in the Netherlands right now by a guy named Boyan Slat. He was only 19 when he came up with the idea of putting a bunch of nets out in the middle of the ocean that catch the plastic but let the current go through. Yeah, that makes sense. 
Yeah, in theory, but some scientists are nervous about it because they don't think that it can catch microplastics without catching that tiny ocean life, too. We're at an engineering standstill right now. No one's figured it out, but I wouldn't say that forever we won't be able to clean it up. I'd just say right now we don't know how to clean it up. That means we need a lot of new people to help come up with creative new ideas. Exactly. And there's stuff you can do right now. So what can Isla or someone like Isla do if they want to help? That is a great question. They can definitely use less plastic um, just so that there's less trash that we have to deal with in the future. How would you clean trash out of the ocean, Marshall? (laughs) Probably with a net. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) What if we had aliens come in and just suck all the trash out of the ocean? I mean, all we'd have to do is just call up the aliens, which, I mean, last time I saw them at a party, I got their number, so. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right. Let's call. Sorry, they used, they had iPhones. <laughs> <laughs> all right. For this episode, we'd like to thank Jenny Brandon, PhD candidate at the Scripps Institution of Oceanography at UC San Diego. Sarah Lentz is our associate producer. I'm Lindsay Patterson, and I produce this show. And I'm Marshall Escamilla, and I make the music. Thanks for listening, and tune in next time for more stories of science discovery. 